All right, well, today um, is week eight of our series called The Body. Um, so we've already been wrapped up in this thing for about two months now. And um, in that time frame, we've talked uh, about a lot of things that relate to the church, the body of Christ. We've talked about what the church is. Uh, we've talked about the different purposes and how that applies to us. Last week, we talked about the power of the church. Um, but now we are, are kind of turning the corner to the finish line here. And we're going to try to end this in um, a, a fun way. All right. I say that facetiously. But for the next two weeks, um, today included, we're going to be talking about uh, a very important and yet very delicate topic when it comes to the church, okay? Really, when it comes to the Bible at all, this is one of those topics that we have to enter into very, very gently. And that is the topic of spiritual gifts, okay? Spiritual gifts. So this is something that we see unfold in scripture, and therefore we have to do something with it, right? So um, I'll be honest with you, if I'm being completely transparent from the very beginning here, um, preparing for a spiritual gifts message is not really the most uh, comforting thing that I've ever prepared for, okay? Um, and yet, I mean it when I say this, this is one of the most important things that we need to discover as the church, okay? It really is that essential, and I wanna show you why that is, okay? Now, the reason that I say it's not comforting to prepare for is really primarily because when we, when we take a topic like spiritual gifts, um, many people will carry in with them um, some preconceived notions that they already have on that topic, right? That's typically what happens. And, and when that happens, it makes it exponentially more difficult um, for us to open up to any new information or wisdom that we might need, right? That's just the truth. We're, we are a stubborn people. And so um, if you've been taught a certain thing with this topic, or if you've experienced certain things, or maybe you're at the point to where you've grown hard-hearted in this area, then it makes my ability to communicate that much more difficult. And so I wanna first figure out how we can maneuver through that, okay? So before we get into the lesson that I want to lay before you today, I want to just start by trying to break down some of those things that we may have put up with this topic, okay? I think that's a good place to start. And the very first thing that I want us to put down, that I want us to lay down in regards to this subject is that um, spiritual gifts are, are some sort of weird, um, uncontrolled aspect of living a life for God. Okay, that is, that is not the case. Um, we're not talking about magic. We're not talking about witchcraft. Um, this isn't something that's strange and cringeworthy, okay? That's not what we're dealing with. In fact, one of the speakers that I often listen to, he's one of my favorites, he'll often say when he's speaking on the Holy Spirit, listen, we're not talking about, you know, the weird uncle that shows up for the holidays and gives you like those unwanted gifts, right? Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good there, right? That's not what we're dealing with. And we don't wanna make that parallel because it will only do ourselves and those around us a great disservice if we have that perspective, okay? But it does bring about the question, well, then what are spiritual gifts? If it's not all of that weird, strange stuff, what exactly are we talking about, okay? So I wanna jump into this. I wanna first take you to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, for those that know your Bible, you were probably anticipating 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll get there in a second. But I want to start here 
because I think you're gonna see some familiar themes that we've been talking about throughout this series related to the topic of spiritual gifts, okay? Romans 12, starting in verse four, this is what we read. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, okay? So if you circle or you highlight your Bible, do that to where it says, let us use them. This is what Paul is urging us to do, okay? Now let's talk about this for a second and see what exactly we need to take from it, okay? And first off, maybe you were wondering, uh, why are we talking about spiritual gifts within the context of a series on the church? Why are we doing that? Well, this is why, okay? Spiritual gifts are actually given for the purpose of the body. That, that's why they are given. That's the context that we're talking about, okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is that scripture says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, okay? So catch this, spiritual gifts are actually given by way of grace, in fact, that's the very reason they're called gifts to begin with. So let me explain this so you're not confused by what I mean there. When we talk about grace, we talk about that often. When we talk about grace, we're simply talking about extending goodness to somebody who doesn't deserve it, okay? You're extending goodness where it's not deserved. So it would be like somebody doing something horrible to you, just, just terrible, reprehensible. And without them doing anything to make up for it, Without them doing anything to redeem themselves in any way, you take the initiative, you freely forgive them, and you wipe the slate clean. That is grace, okay? That's what we're talking about. So when we bring this subject into the picture, that's why these aren't called spiritual workings or spiritual mechanisms, because they are gifts of God's grace. We haven't earned them. We don't deserve them. Okay, so listen, it's not like these are things that we've worked out in our own lives through our religious actions and through our attempted righteousness. That is not the case at all. These are free gifts of God's grace, okay? Now, here's one of the working definitions around spiritual gifts that I think is pretty close to spot on. So if you're inclined to do so, go ahead and write this down. Spiritual gifts are gifts of grace that God gives by way of the Spirit for the church, okay? Gifts of grace, we don't deserve them. By way of the spirit, he's the source for the church, okay? It's that simple, it's that simple. And any attempt to further complicate that is only gonna bring us back to that place of hesitation that I talked about earlier, okay? We're talking about free gifts of God's grace for the church, okay? So our message title today is very simply, Gifts of Grace, Okay, gifts of grace, that's what we're talking about. So um, now that we have kind of a, a general definition that we can work off of, now we have to take the next step into exactly how these play themselves out, okay? So we generally understand them. Now we have to talk about how exactly this plays out beyond it. And again, this is kind of another hurdle that we have to get over, okay? So there are two main theological distinctions that are active today around the use of spiritual gifts, okay? Two different thought processes here that I want you to be aware of, okay? So the first is considered cessationist, okay? Cessationist. So real quick, this group would simply say 
that when it comes to the more natural gifts that the spirit enables, so that would be teaching, uh, words of wisdom, encouragement, that yes and amen, those are spiritual gifts and they are necessary for the body, okay? However, when it comes to uh, the more supernatural, the more miraculous, sometimes called the sign gifts of the spirit, so that would primarily be prophecy, um, but also speaking in tongues, gifts of healing, that those particular gifts actually ceased along with the apostles in the first or second century, okay? That's why they're called cessationists. They believe that they ceased. Now, uh, I don't wanna get too deep into the mud here, but I just want you to be aware of of why this came about, okay? So they would uh, simply say that the Bible is sufficient and that the canon is closed. In other words, the book is written, okay? It's done. And so with a gift like prophecy, for example, the spirit wouldn't need to provide words of revelation beyond what he already has in scripture, okay? So they would say that ceased along with the apostles, okay? That's the first thought process. The second would be called continuists, okay? Continuists. Now this, for the record, is where the Bridge Church would stand on this topic, okay? Now on this side, we would say all of the spiritual gifts that are brought about in scripture that, that would be all of them, supernatural, natural, miraculous. All of them are available to God's people today through the spirit, okay? That would be our stance. Now, listen, before I even go further with that, I wanna make it clear. When we talk about theological distinctions like this, I wanna make it clear. Though we may disagree with a, a cessationist on this topic, we would still proudly call them brothers and sisters in Christ as we will enter heaven together You understand that? So just because we disagree on things like this doesn't mean we are not all a part of the family of God. Do not put up walls like that, okay? That's just something I wanted to throw out for free, all right? So going back to continuous here, I want you to to either write down or memorize this sentence that I think might help you understand this viewpoint, okay? The spirit of God does the work of God through the word of God, okay? I'm gonna say it again, think about it. The spirit of God does the work of God through the word of God, okay? Now, here's why it's important to understand this as it relates to a topic like spiritual gifts. First off, this means that anything that spiritual gifts ultimately brings about must abide in the word, okay? In other words, anything that goes beyond the parameters of the word of God is ultimately not a work of the spirit. Okay, spiritual gifts are actually given to support and bring to life the word of God. And where that is not true, spiritual gifts are not in play. Okay, we must understand they work within the parameter of the word of God. Okay, now here's the second thing. This also reminds us that we are cessationists because of the word of God, not in spite of it. And let me explain what I mean by that. It's the word of God that says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. It's the word of God that says speaking in tongues edifies the believer. It's the word of God that says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. We don't believe in gifts of the spirit because we think they're cool or that would be really fun to participate in. We believe in them because it's what the word of God teaches us, okay? So the spirit of God does the work of God through the word of God, okay? This is the foundation that we need to stand upon, okay? Now, next week, we're gonna have... um, a good time breaking down the different spiritual gifts that we see in scripture, okay? And I think that's gonna be really helpful to continue to hone in on what these are all about, okay? So make sure you come back and and hear that. But today, I want to just simply um, lay out what spiritual gifts are all about, 
okay? What is the purpose behind them so that we can rightly step into them as children of God, okay? So we're gonna start in a, a very fitting place here because this is actually where spiritual gifts are first brought about in the New Testament. So if you're reading straight through the New Testament, this is the first time you would see the phrase spiritual gift brought about, okay? So let's go to Romans chapter one, verse 11. This is the apostle Paul writing to the Romans. And this is really where he begins. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Okay, this is what Paul says. Now, again, if you were reading through the Bible for the very first time, from start to finish, straight through, no preconceived notions, you didn't know what else the book had to say, you might come across this phrase, spiritual gift, and think to yourself, huh, I wonder what that's about. Like, I wonder what that whole idea is driving at, to which you would immediately read that it is to encourage and to strengthen one another. Okay, so the first thing that spiritual gifts are ultimately about is encouraging, strengthening, and building up the body. Okay, encouraging, strengthening, and building up the body. Okay, so I know that's a loaded point. I've jammed quite a bit in there, but it is essential that we understand this is the purpose for spiritual gifts. This is the reason that the Spirit enables us to do these things. Okay, so I want to first show you this in Ephesians chapter 4. Um, now, we've already read through this section earlier in the series, so I'm not going to go all the way through it, but I want to just give you some highlights here, okay? So Paul, at this point in his writing, is shifting from the topic of maturity to the topic of giftings, okay? So this is where he starts in verse 7. He says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Okay, so we just talked about this. We know what he's saying, right? Christ has given us grace for these specific reasons, okay? But what are those reasons? So this is what he goes on to say in verse 12. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So why are spiritual gifts given? To build up the body of Christ, Okay, that is the reason. In fact, he digs in even more in verse 16. He says, from him, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay, so this is interesting. Maybe you caught how this was worded, but it says the body grows and builds itself up. Okay, itself up. So the body is responsible according to what each part brings for building itself up. Again, this is what spiritual gifts are given for. This is what God is trying to accomplish through us. Okay, now we're gonna go to 1 Corinthians 12 in just a second. But before we do that, um, I want to just uh, make it clear and, and hopefully you can realize this as we go through how slowly but surely, um, this idea of spiritual gifts will become less and less weird, less and less strange as we discover their purpose, okay? In fact, even with what we've talked about thus far, being empowered to encourage somebody, being empowered to, to build somebody up, that's not weird at all. In fact, please give me the ability to do that, right? So we're gonna continue to see the walls fall down with this topic. So let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now it's funny because Paul kind of starts this chapter by basically saying, all right, let's get into spiritual gifts. Like you've been waiting for it. Here we go. I don't want you to be uneducated on this topic, okay? So we pick up in verse four. 
He says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay. So there's a lot going on in there. There's plenty to to chew on there, but I want to just tease a few things out right out of the gate. Okay. The first of which is you notice how often it keeps bringing it back to the source. Do you see how that works? It keeps saying through the spirit, according to the spirit, by the same spirit over and over again. It's driving us back to the fact that the spirit is at work. Okay, now you'll see how important that is in just a minute. Now let's go back to verse seven because this is an important one uh, for us to lay this foundation out, okay? This is what verse seven had to say. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good, okay? So there there are two huge implications here that we need to be aware of. The first is spiritual gifts are given to each of us. Okay, so if you are a child of God, the spirit gives you gifts, no exceptions, okay? No exceptions. So maybe, listen, maybe you've struggled with self-doubt. Maybe you've struggled with a lack of confidence and I wanna remind you who's at work in your life. I wanna remind you who the source is. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Allow the spirit to work through you, okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is this continues to drive us back to the purpose. Over and over again, it's not gonna let us loose here. We continue to see the purpose. To each is given the spirit for the common good. For the common good, that is the purpose. Now, let's just get personal for a second, okay? Let's get real about this. If you have ever seen or experienced something that has torn apart a person's life or has torn apart a church's health and it was done in the name of a spiritual gift, listen, that is a lie. That's a lie. The Bible just told us these are given for the common good. Now, if we can lay that as the foundation for all of this, it will benefit us greatly because I'm telling you, this is where it will go haywire far too often. When when people put their hands on this, it's going to mess things up. And unfortunately, that's exactly what has happened far too often in church history. Which is why, by the way, whenever there are issues that come up with this subject, Understand, they're not spiritual gift issues. They are human being issues, okay? That's the problem that you will see because spiritual gifts are given to encourage, to strengthen, to to build up. Whereas if we're being honest, our inclination is kind of the opposite of that. Like our natural pull is really to tear down rather than build up. Have you been on social media lately? You don't understand what I'm talking about? We would much rather tear one another down than build each other up. In fact, I read this quote the other day that I think is really applicable. It said, for human beings, the path of least resistance leads to grumbling and criticism and gossip. In other words, that's easy for us to do. 
but the gate is narrow and the way is difficult, which leads to edification and the strengthening of others. Okay, so in other words, the use of spiritual gifts actually goes contrary to our natural pull. Okay, like think about it. If we had a true unwavering desire to build one another up, like if we were consumed with that, we would have zero issue with spiritual gifts because guess what? It's exactly what he's trying to do. It's exactly what the spirit is trying to accomplish. And yet we continue to twist it up. We continue to mess it up. Like we think about, tongues and interpretation. And we think, whoa, 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 whoa. That's too weird for me. I I don't get it. Don't understand that. Hard pass for me. Well, actually, you know, the message that came forth stopped somebody from committing suicide later that night. Isn't that cool? Isn't that powerful? No, 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 no. Not interested. That's weird. You understand what I'm saying here? If our perspective, if our concern was consumed with building up those around us, the next time something like that happened, we wouldn't be angry. We wouldn't be hesitant. We would be excited that somebody's being built up. We would be excited that somebody's being encouraged. We would rejoice because the spirit is at work as he builds up the body. We have to shift our focus from, you know, spiritual gifts are weird. We don't understand them. Let's stay away from them to simply a focus that says, how can I encourage I want to motivate somebody. I want to strengthen my brother or sister today. That's what spiritual gifts are given for. And the more we can focus on this, listen, the more we can focus on this, the stronger, the healthier, and the more effective we will be as the body of Christ. The more we turn it to us, the more we put the spotlight on us, the more and more danger we walk into. And that's what brings me to my next point, which is that spiritual gifts are ultimately about glorifying God. Ultimately, these are for the glory of God. Now let's go to 1 Peter chapter four. And again, I'm telling you, you will just continue to see familiar themes over and over again. The Bible is so consistent on this topic, okay? Let's go to verse 10. It says, as each has received a gift, use it, circle use it, to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now let's hit the pause button real quick. Doesn't that fall right in line with everything else that we've already read today? Now, this is a different writer. This is Peter rather than Paul. And yet it's so consistent around this theme. Each has received a gift, that's all of us, to serve one another, building up the body as good stewards of God's very grace. They are gifts of grace. So very consistent, okay? Now let's go to verse 11. This is what he goes on to say. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So this is cool because just as it is with everything else in scripture that we see, God shows us that he is out for our good and for his glory. So what are spiritual gifts about? Our good and his glory, okay? This is the core of it. Now, it makes two distinctions in that verse that I think are of particular importance, okay? It talks of one who speaks and it talks of one who serves. In other words, spiritual gifts can be done in word and they can be done in deed, okay? So let me put it this way. Take the, um, the categories of spiritual gifts. Maybe you've seen this before, or maybe you've seen uh, a list of spiritual gifts, or maybe you've just read it for the first time. Take all of that and throw it out the window, Okay, just start from scratch here. This is what I want you to understand. If your reliance upon God 
leads you to serve someone in a way that builds their faith, that's a spiritual gift. If your reliance upon God leads you to speak something encouraging into somebody's life, that's a spiritual gift, okay? It's, it's that simple, it's that simple. And this is what ultimately brings glory to his name, okay? Now, isn't it interesting that we always seem to end up in this place where the things of God really ultimately aren't about us at all. You ever notice that? Like over and over again, we see this even with spiritual gifts. What are they about? Building up those around us and glorifying him. Now there's nothing in that equation that is pointing back to you, okay? And I'm telling you, this is something you must understand as it relates to spiritual gifts. Otherwise you will mess it up, okay? Maybe you've um, run across somebody who takes such pride in spiritual gifts. They may even say, you know, I have prophecy or, or I have the discernment of spirits. Actually, no, you don't, okay? These are gifts of the spirit, not gifts of the believer, gifts of the spirit. And listen, you can't boast in a free gift that's been given to you. That doesn't make any sense. It would be like a, a 10-year-old boy boasting, patting himself on the back because of how big his parents' house is, right? Like, no, you've done nothing to, to earn that. In fact, you've probably done a lot to work against that, right? <laughs> and in the same way, these are free gifts of God's grace. So listen, no boasting, no chest thumping, okay? It's not about you, okay? Now, here's another thing. Scripture tells us, we read this earlier, that, that the spirit distributes to each one as he wills, as he wills. So listen, the spirit will ultimately determine how and when he works through you, not the other way around. So listen, your job, your job is to be available and to be obedient. Be available and be obedient. Your job is not to will something into existence or try to force anything at all, okay? Now listen, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't seek deeper knowledge around spiritual gifts, that we shouldn't grow our faith in this area. But to put the limelight on us in any way is to only get in the way of God's glory and suffice it to say, bad idea, okay? I would not advise that. Get out of the way and allow God to do his work, okay? Now, let me give you kind of a practical example of what I'm talking about. So you can kind of see how we so often tend to, to twist this stuff to our desires and our needs. This is a gentle example, so don't take it the wrong way, okay? Rhetorical, so don't raise your hand or anything like that. But, but I want you to see it this way. How many of you, if you were being honest, when you were searching for a church, were ultimately in the end of things most concerned with what it could offer you? How many came in the doors and you began to dissect the ministries and dissect the flow of service and dissect the different people, all with a mindset of how it could ultimately benefit you and your family? Now, I don't mean that in a condemning way at all, because this applies to all of us. Every single one of us fall into this trap of viewing church like an a la carte menu of what we want to consume, right? Ooh, I like the music. I'll take a little bit of that. You know, the teaching's pretty good. I'll take a little bit of that. The website's okay, right? And we go down this list of how the church can serve us rather than how we can best serve the church, how our gifts and our abilities can build up the body, okay? Now, listen, that doesn't take away from earnestly pursuing the right place for your family. That, that is a true spiritual endeavor, not taking anything away from that. But you can see, even in that pursuit, how we so easily twist and turn it to us, to our needs, to our desires. And yet God gifts us for the building up of the body and for the glory of his name. 
I'm telling you, we must remember this. Otherwise, I guarantee you, we will twist and conform this to us. We ultimately will twist it to us. This is a selfless endeavor for God's purpose for him, okay? So spiritual gifts are about building up the body. They are about glorifying God. And then here's the last one we're gonna cover today. Spiritual gifts are ultimately about expressing love, okay? Expressing love. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, how deep this word love is, like how so often we use it in a surface level way. And, and so it kind of distorts the true meaning. We talked about how deep and how real it is. And so I want you to think about that in relation to this topic. Now I've said several times um, that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is really the main chapter on spiritual gifts in the New Testament, right? That's where it seems to bring forth the most, uh, the, the most meaning, the most purpose, right? But that's not where the context of spiritual gifts actually ends. Because if you turn the page to chapter 13, this is actually where the foundation of spiritual gifts is brought about, okay? So let's go there, 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse one. Watch what it has to say. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Without love, spiritual gifts are rendered useless. Useless. So listen, if we seek these and we desire these, if we pray for them and we grow in them and we exercise them and yet love is not the foundation, we gain nothing. We gain nothing. In fact, chapter 13 goes on to say, hey, listen, one day spiritual gifts are gonna pass away. Like they're gonna be gone. They're not gonna be needed anymore, but love, love will never stop. Therefore, in everything, we must do it with love, okay? Now, I read this scripture earlier, but I just wanna show you how consistent this is and how it keeps coming full circle. Ephesians 4, 16, it said, from him, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love, okay, in love. That is the foundation, that is the core of it. Now, let me tell you what that means to me. Let me tell you how I think this ultimately plays out, okay? If one of my gifts is teaching, then I will do it with a heart of love and gentleness for those in the audience. If one of my gifts is service, then I will be faithful in it. I will sacrifice for it with a heart of love for those who receive it. If one of my gifts is prophecy, I will lovingly and humbly come alongside you and lay those words at your feet as God does his work. This is not boasting. This is not selfish. It is a loving endeavor for the common good and ultimately for the glory of God. This is what spiritual gifts are about. And listen, we can't twist them. We can't conform them. Otherwise, what will happen is we're gonna miss out on the purpose that God has placed us here for. We're not gonna get the encouragement. We're not gonna get the strengthening that we need as the body of Christ if we aren't willing to step into this. Musicians, head on up. Just a few more minutes here, guys. Now, it's interesting, despite the fact, like we've learned today, that scripture is really consistent and really clear on this topic. Despite that fact, I'm telling you, we will end up dragging our feet with this topic. We will be hesitant 
with this topic. We would much rather talk about it. We would much rather read about it than actually doing the difficult work of correctly putting them into play because it's tough. It's tough. But listen, this is where we need to end this discussion. Okay, this is our jumping off point. I keep going back to 1 Corinthians 12. That's where it speaks most prominently of spiritual gifts. You turn to 13, it talks about how love must be the foundation, but Paul doesn't even stop there. He goes all the way to chapter 14, where we read this. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Now I'm gonna say that again, and I want you to, to really soak this in. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Now, this is what this means to me. If we believe in the word of God, if we believe that it is truly inerrant, that it is truly sufficient, then we must, as the church, abide by that. We must earnestly desire spiritual gifts, which means we must pursue them, we must step into them, and we must grow in them for the building up of the body. And where there is a check or a stop in your spirit, when you hear that, you need to challenge it with the word of God. Don't let your bad experiences or your preconceived notions undermine the word of God. When we talk about these gifts, we're not talking about weird stuff that makes us uncomfortable. We are talking about beautiful gifts of grace that the spirit displays for the building up of the body. So with the right context, with the right understanding, we will pursue these. We will sharpen these. We will make space for them to be correctly used because I'll tell you this much. If we strip everything else away, you tear everything else away, I want this congregation to get all the encouragement it can get. I want this church to get all the building up, all the strengthening that we can handle. Therefore, we must earnestly desire spiritual gifts and rejoice in it as God lovingly pours them out according to his amazing, amazing